0: A living hope. That's a whole lot better than a dying hope. In fact, I guess that would be a bit of a contradiction, wouldn't it? To think of dying hope. And I'm not sure there's anything that displays hope more than Little League Baseball. In fact, better yet, T-Ball. Four and five-year-olds, five and six-year-olds. The ball goes up on the tee and they swing for all they're worth and sometimes hit it. And the ball goes a little ways and then the fun begins. For sheer entertainment value, nothing's better than tee ball. Our son began playing at age five. And uh, he ended up later becoming a runner, ran cross country and track and all kinds of stuff. But at age five, he had not developed those running skills. His legs were not very long. And instead of stretching them out, he had a tendency to just kind of lift them up and down like a piston. And so it took an awful lot of strides to get very far. But one thing that he had figured out is that if he hit the ball and it went anywhere, it didn't have to go far. It just had to go off the tee. He realized that his team had trouble catching the ball and throwing it where they aimed. So he assumed the other team had the same problem. I can still remember the first game. And this was back when they actually kept score and had winners or losers, not like it is today. Although, if you don't think they keep score, ask any one of the kids playing. And he hit one that didn't even make it to the pitcher. And he takes off in a dead sprint. (laughs) And I use that word loosely. But he was working hard. And they fumbled around with the ball and the catcher and the pitcher and the third baseman all fought over who was going to grab it. And by that time, he had made it to first base and the other parents are clapping politely and he didn't stop. I don't mean he ran past first. I mean, he just took off running for second. Now, the ball only went this far. But by the time the three of them who converged on the ball decided who would grab the ball, they grabbed it and threw it in the vicinity of first base. Loose vicinity. And by now, Todd is chugging his way to second. Parents are starting to chuckle and go, Isn't that cute? And I'm just going, This is interesting. Jody's going, What is he doing? And somewhere in the vicinity of first base, somebody ran the ball down, looked around, heard people yelling to throw it to second. And so they located second base and gave it a heave. Well, by now, Todd had decided if I can get to second, maybe I can get to third. And so he just took off. Never stopped. Now parents are really going, what is he doing? And his team is yelling and screaming and his coaches are going, stop! He just kept going and the ball landed partway to second base and another fight ensued to get the ball when they grabbed it and threw it somewhere near third base. But by then he was already headed home and he crossed safely with a ball that went this far. They would bend down 15, 16 runs when this started. The next kid got up and he hit the ball this far. And he went, well, if he can do it. And he just kept running. And the ball kept following him and he scored. And the next kid went, I want some of this. And he hit it and he kept running. And the next kid kept running and the game ended 57 to 39. (laughs) They had come from behind. Now see, the interesting thing was, you go, that's not really baseball. Don't tell them that. (laughs) The sheer joy of what they were doing. But you see, if you would have asked them when they were down 10 or 12 runs before they got up the first time, if they had a chance, they would have said, of course we do. We haven't even batted yet. They had hope. (laughs) That's cute in t-ball. But I'm living life. Nothing cute about the stuff I'm wrestling with. Do you know what? I think we need to take some lessons from how to live in hope from the T-ballers. Because they weren't worried about how far they hit it. They just knew they made contact, so I'm not giving up. And even in the field, when they're chasing the ball down, they all wanted to be part of it. They didn't give up. They just kept throwing it somewhere. And it gave them hope. Let me ask you this morning. What do you need to keep moving on? What is it in your life that seems like it's too far gone? What is it in your life? It seems like I can't run fast enough for that. You see, we serve a God who is a God of hope. He's a God of not second chances. He's a God of chances, period. Multiple times. So whatever you're facing, just know that not only does God give us hope, it is a living hope. I invite you to turn with me in your Bible, your Bible on your devices. First Peter chapter 1. We've been in this chapter a little bit each week and we may be in it a little bit the rest of the month as we continue to look at hope. Verse three has kind of been some of our foundation of this whole series. First Peter chapter one, verse three says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead." And move down to verse 13. Same chapter. It says, therefore, preparing your minds for action. Being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. I look at myself and think, holy, are you kidding? I know me. But you see, the scripture we just read says the holiness is not dependent on us, it's on him. Therefore, we have hope to live that life, that life of hope and that life of holiness, that life that says no matter what it looks like, after all, Jesus was in the grave. But he's not anymore. So we have hope. Last week, I gave you an assignment and asked for you to give me your Finish to the sentence, fill in the blank, if you will, that hope is. And I, I got too many to read this morning, so I'll read some over the next few weeks, and you can still send them to me. But some of them were, hope is healthy boundaries. Hope is found in nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Hope is Jesus saying to me one day, well done, good and faithful servant. Hope is knowing I will see my family again someday. Hope is knowing that if I have hope, I can cope. That'd make a good slogan, wouldn't it? Hope is seen in the feet of those walking out their faith. Hope is confidence in God's promises. When I look at this passage of scripture, especially verse 13, it says, Therefore, preparing your minds for action, a living hope. I have to ask the question what are the actions of hope? What does hope look like when it's in action? First of all, it begins with your thoughts. Verse 13, prepare your minds for action, be sober minded. Your thinking matters. Having hope depends, first of all, on your thoughts. Now, sometimes, some of you have trouble hiding your thoughts. You have what I call emoji faces. If you don't know what an emoji is, don't worry, this will just go over your head, but if you've been online and the emojis get used and texting and, and emails and Facebook and other things, I mean, it's to supposedly express how we're feeling. Well, they got that idea from watching some of us because our faces reflect what we're thinking or feeling. In fact, some of you need to wear a warning sign that says, I'm sorry, I can't control what my face does when you say things to me. our thoughts contribute to and matter if we're going to live out hope if we're going to live in hope it begins with our thoughts for you see your actions follow your thoughts if you want to change your actions change your thoughts Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, there is anything worthy of praise. Think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me... Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, think on these things. Sometimes our circumstances are lousy because we have, as my dad used to say, stinking thinking. Your actions follow your thoughts. So start by thinking on God's word. It is easy to think on the wrong things because we're bombarded with stuff. We need to process what to do, what to turn off, what to turn down, what to look away from, and what to never log into. Because it impacts our thoughts and our thoughts Impact our actions because our actions follow our thoughts. So if I'm going to have hopeful actions, I've got to have hopeful thoughts. And that's not going to come anywhere outside of God's word. To be in the word. Think on these things. That t-ball game, all they were thinking about was the next base. They weren't worried that they might get out. They weren't worried at the risk of that. They weren't worried that it might look silly. They just kept running. Amazing things happen when we just keep at it. You see, if it begins with our thoughts, then this statement might be the most important. You need to choose to believe the hope of Christ. You need to choose, make a conscious choice to believe in the hope of Jesus Christ. Sometimes I've had, in counseling with individuals and talking with them as they're struggling with various things, have said, Well, it's easy for you. It's like, It is not easy for me. But I've chosen to believe in the hope. I've chosen to believe in this word and make sure that this word is in me. It's amazing how different my actions are when I'm in the word because it changes my thoughts. There are times that we need to call time out on ourselves. Right? Or we need to listen when somebody else says, Time out, go think about something else for a change. Because your thinking's lousy right now and you've lost hope. Your thinking's lousy right now and everything is negative. Your thinking's lousy right now. Our thoughts are a choice. Can stuff enter? Sure they can, but we can also dismiss them. And when those thoughts come in that are contrary to God's word, when those thoughts come in that are contrary to hope, when those thoughts come in that are contrary to what we know to be the known will of God, we can dismiss them and we can ask God to help us do it. But we have some choices to make. First, choose to believe there is hope for whatever you're facing. Second, choose to be in the word so that it can impact your thoughts. It's interesting to me that in banks, to counteract counterfeiting, they do not train their tellers or their money counters by showing them good counterfeit money. They don't show them any counterfeit money. They have them over and over and over look at and handle the real thing so that they become so familiar with the real thing that whenever the counterfeit shows up, they recognize it immediately. We need to be doing that with our thoughts. Thinking on the right things. Whatever is pure, true, etc. So that when the other stuff enters, we can immediately go, that's not right. And dismiss it. And keep on going. Our actions follow our thoughts. So we've got to change our thinking You see, the actions of hope must also be grace-filled. If our hope is in Christ, then our hope must be grace-filled. Verse 13 of 1 Peter 1, it says to set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ in knowing who he is, in learning who he is. For you see, hope, Faith and grace are all interconnected. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God. If I'm living in hope, if I'm acting in hope, if I'm preparing my mind for hope, to live it out, then grace must dominate what I'm doing. God's grace to remember what he has done for me, who he is, and who he has called me to be. For you see, to live in the actions of hope requires us To be obedient to the call of Christ. Verse 14 and 15 of 1 Peter 1 says, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also must be holy in all your conduct. To be obedient to what God has called us to, for going against the known will of Christ will shatter hope. One of the things, don't worry, I'll, I'll finish the rest of this next week. So, those of you looking at the blanks that are left in the time, you're panicked, don't worry. It just means that all week you're going to have a nervous tick because you don't know what goes in those blanks till next Sunday. <laughs> One of the things discovered in my own life and Jody and I in our married life and in our ministry is it's a whole lot easier to figure out what God wants us to do and do it than to try to figure out if we can get God to do what we want. The first one works, the second doesn't. Let me give you an example. In January of 2020, our district superintendent at that time, Dr. Scott Sherwood, pulled me aside at a meeting, a district meeting, and asked if I would ever consider leaving Canton where we were. And I, I said, I, I don't know. I haven't thought about it. I haven't thought that it's what God wants. Why are you asking me this? He said, well, the Sterling Church opened up and I just wondered if you would pray about it. I said, I'll, I'll always pray about anything. But I, I can't imagine. Drove home that day from the meeting, told Jody what Scott had said and we didn't talk about it for two or three days. And I said, I can't stop thinking about that. She said, I can't either. Call Scott up. So I called him, and we met and talked a little more, and that was the end of it. We just didn't know what it meant, just knew that we had a great burden for this place and for all of you, even though we had never met you. Months went by because of COVID and everything kind of shutting down, and we assumed this meant this wasn't God's will. But we still kept praying because we just knew we were supposed to be praying. I think it was in august I, I don't remember for sure we got another call from scott and he said hey they've kind of narrowed some names down and your names in that list are are you still willing to listen and i said man i've assumed that was all over <laughs> he said well it's not i said yeah he said you, you know take some time pray about it, talk to jody i said well, we've already prayed I, I don't have to do that i know we're supposed to listen so sure A couple weeks later, another call and some conversations and then a Zoom call uh, with the church board where everything that could go wrong did go wrong. The connection didn't work right. Some of the board members couldn't, their sound was gone. And right at the end of our time, uh, we just lost all sound on our end. We could see everybody and they could see us, they could see us talking, but they couldn't hear us. And it took three or four connections and finally just a phone call. And we finished it. We hung up, looked at each other, started laughing, and said, Well, if anything happens from that, we know it's of God because that was bad. <laughs> Two days later, Scott called and said, Hey, they want to talk a little more. <laughs> and I said, You've got to be kidding me. He says, Scott, that was terrible. He said, Well, that's not how they felt. And I said, yeah. He said, Well, then you want to take some time to pray about it. He said, I already have. So we took the next step, came up here in September, interviewed with the board. I, I can't remember now if it was that same night or the next day, and Scott called and said, Hey, they they'd like to take your name to the congregation. He said, Call me back in a couple days, said don't need to, already prayed about it. And you know the rest. You voted when he called me to tell me what the vote was. Jody wasn't even near me. And I said, I said we'll accept. He said, hold on. I said, we've already talked. We've already prayed. Our thing was just if the doors kept open and we were walking through because that had already been settled. And that's how we got here almost a year ago. I say all that to say this. If we're not obedient, we will never see the hope. Our thoughts are in front of our actions. So if we're thinking on the right things, praying about the right things, then our actions can follow God's call. What is it today That you already know. God's asking you to do. But you're hesitating. What is it that God's speaking to you about. That you already know. He told me round first and head for second. But you stopped. Hope. Is a living hope. Which means we live it out. With our actions the actions of hope start with your thoughts which means get your thoughts in the right places and then obey what he asks Jesus thank you today for your call thank you for knowing our situations and the parts we've contributed to it And loving us anyway. Thank you for providing hope. Where we had lost hope. Lord give us the courage. To live. Like a t-ball player. And just keep going. Circumstances. May not look favorable. But we're just going to keep going. Because we've heard from you. And we know. What to do. Lord, guide our thoughts so that our actions follow your will and then give us courage to continue through each door that you open. Lord, guide us this week as we encourage one another, as we pray for one another and as we take that next step in the hope you have provided. In Jesus' name, I ask All of these things. Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed.